How you doing? Welcome back to the Knee Slapping K-Pop Podcast. Woo! Hey. So it's me, Maria. It's your girl. This Happy is my birthday, birthday episode. Woo. Hey, thank you guys. It's a lady. Ladies. And it feels oh, yeah. just yeah. right. Because oh, they had a boys night. party boys for his night. Over there, and now it's so now it's, it's girls night. Yeah. Honey, Saturdays maybe for the boys, but Fridays are for the chicas over <laughs> here. We're having fun. But yeah, so actually we're technically not recording this on my birthday. It's a little bit before because I'm spending my actual birthday with my parents. And they're going to take me and out to And also a we cannot restaurant. record so, and edit this and do all of that in one day. That's so Yeah, no, that's, that's too much work. Kayla... Kayla, is Kayla a magic works worker, hard, but not that magic. Yeah. No. We no. no. We love her though for that. The only Thank you, things Kayla. we do quick turnaround oh, on are the Kingdom episodes. Yeah, Kingdom needs a quick turnaround. But <laughs> we like, have to be. I kinda, you don't have a choice. I kind of like hate my life the entire time doing that, but it's it's fine. just me and you. That's it's why okay. it can only be me mm-hmm. and you. Oh yes. But anyway, back so to anyways, the topic at hand. Anyway, back to Maria's birthday. <laughs> Back to my birthday. So for my birthday, I this this episode's gonna be hopefully, we'll see how consistent I am. And plus, with my schedule being kind of whack, because if you don't know for sure, go back to the COVID episode and you'll know why I'm kind of been kind of yeah. Anyways, but I I yes, explain we it do there. have but a anyways, COVID episode um, because everything has a COVID. Episode. We do have a COVID. Everything has a fucking COVID episode at this point. <laughs> but um, so um. Getting back to the topic at hand, uh, so this is a series, hopefully will be the start of a series that I'll hopefully have motivation to continue and touch upon occasionally here and there that I've wanted to do since last year, actually. I don't you know have. how long ago that I've wanted, I've written this episode, but I wrote it a while ago. I had the motivation the at some point last year to write this. for this podcast. Yeah, honestly. Might have. But <laughs> and here we are whatever. a year later. <laughs> But life was kind of, on my end, was kind of crazy Mm -hmm. and just, you know, changed jobs, got to a new place, blah, 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 dealing with all that crap, living with relatives for over, like, close to two months, trying to transition to a new apartment, blah, 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 just getting my shit together. Still, I am kind of trying to get my shit together, but, you know. So, finally... I decided, you know, uh, since we're doing birthday episodes, I'm like, you know what? This is it. This is going to be the time. We're going to fucking do this. Finally. And this was what I'm going to tentatively call, like, retro mixtape, which will be a series, hopefully will be a series, or just a a thing that I do once in a while when I feel the motivation to do it, talking about uh, old school or slash important music acts from the Korean music scene that have made an impact in Korean music. And why not start off with arguably the most influential for Korean music, modern Korean music in general, especially for the past almost 30 years, uh, Soteji and boys, and the boys, or Soteji wa Aidu, which is like Soteji and kids in Korean, but same thing, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to talk about them, um, go over their history, go over a little bit of what, you know, in my, from me speaking about it, um, what uh, Korea was kind of like at that point. Uh, go and go over some songs that I selected, not their entire discography, because it'd be a little bit too long if we did That'll that. There'll be so many so, songs. Many songs a lot of uh, actually, actually, their discography as So Tetchy and Boys is not as long as I thought it was. It's actually quite smaller. Hmm. They, they for some reason they did a shit ton of remixes though. On uh, and they have and also yeah, talk but, um, about the, the a specific. <laughs> we'll talk about all three of them. 
them. But maybe one of the, one one of the boys have strong one of the boys. opinions about. And hopefully, <laughs> and hopefully for one of them, I'll feel motivated to do a an episode of this in the future. Hopefully, please we'll tell see me it's only how that so pans out. But okay, that's, that's my point. I, I want it because. I am not talking Look. about his solo work in this episode, but I, I feel I want his Look, solo work is interesting to, to me that I definitely to would like to discuss. Spoiler my opinion on Sotiji and Boys. <laughs> there's a reason it's called Sotiji and Boys. <laughs> and the there's boys. There's a reason that there's one person's name in the front and and boys is the other two schmucks in the back. <laughs> Just put <laughs> the other two schmucks. What do you want me to call them? There's a. Th- I mean, there's, there's a. Yeah, at this point. It is so tedgy and boys. The bo- it's they're the and da 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 and etc. Yep. Essentially. So yeah, I decided to bring my homegirls, my fellow '96 liners, because ironically, this group disbanded in January of 1996. So Perfect timing. That. Oh, great. Since our arrival, it was the end of one like, group and the beginning the of another. <laughs> Let's put it this way: It was the end of one group and the beginning of another. But hey, we won't get I to that other group. We are group, truly that... icons, much like Soteji and Boys. <laughs> <laughs> we are true icons. So, anyways, so I guess, uh, I guess, um, uh, and and so um, I'll talk besides talk about their history and some of their more notable songs, which is about six of them. After I, you know, do an overview of their history and whatnot, um, we will go through these songs and kind of, I guess, chronicle chronological release oh. order and discuss whether we like them or not essentially and you know you know all that jazz and then give our kind of final thoughts about their music and maybe the group in the end if, if we would continue w- listening to them or not after this so yeah hopefully th- uh, well this format could potentially change in the future um i also want to say in advance um a lot of the information some of this information is kind of hard to come by history wise because a lot of it's whatever has been translated into English and with older groups it's sometimes a little bit more difficult to find information and it's also better, like but it's the 90s it's not the, best. the internet wasn't really the 90s in like, yeah. like South Korea which like none of us here who speak Korean and also it was just yeah. the 90s generally wasn't that much on the yeah. internet just yeah. as a whole and, and yeah and especially with some history stuff, there may be certain things I might have gone wrong, but I did try to look through multiple sources to try to get it as accurately as possible. But hey. But if there are things that are inaccurate, just know I'm not doing it intentionally. It's probably something that was mistranslated into English that for some reason I thought was factual, but is maybe not that factual. So I apologize in advance, but this is as close to as factual as I can get in and English like, as I can. And like the motto but, of this um, podcast yeah. has slowly become, if you don't like it, yell about it in the comments. We can use the internet essentially at this yes. point. All interaction is. I, I'm not a historian, and I'm not a historian. Uh, I don't have a PhD in this, but I just want to give the some. PhD new, especially, 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 yeah, the PhD in Sotagi and PhD. I guess so. A fan PhD, an official PhD, if you will. But um, I just want. I merely want to do this to introduce, you know, especially newer or K-pop fans who haven't really explored older or older groups and acts that were popular maybe before some of the current groups they've gone into like second third or fourth generation potentially you know to be like hey maybe check these guys out see the the influence of these guys of these current groups coming out you know some of the music they might have liked you know as as a way to expose it and explore a little bit more of a I guess you could say music pop culture some music pop culture history from South Korea so um yeah so um any other um, things you two want to say before I get started on my 
quote unquote brief history. I think we can keep that. I feel like that's a safe opinion to just have. The man YG. At this point, it kind of is. The man. Yes. The, the man. man. The man. The man. Yes. All and right. Possible, and the so, company, because um, fuck all K-pop companies who are inherently evil corporations. I guess. Screw but everyone, also, I guess. specifically, fuck the man YG. Yes. <laughs> just putting it out. All right. There. And so, all right, and without further ado, let's get started. So we are discussing Solte GM Boys, arguably the most influential group in modern Korean music. Their members consisted of Solte G, Lee Juno, and Yan Hyun Suk. Which, if you don't know, uh, Yan discogra- Suk <laughs> is the YG of YG. I don't YG think people, I don't think enough people know that that man is the same man. Not enough people. No. Nor do they know that he actually was yeah, a dancer. He can dance. Which you yeah, see he's him. He's a dancer. He's technically he, he did. a rap. Technically, he's a one rapper. of the boys. He's one of the boys in Soteji and Boys. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Weird. But yeah, so which this is also why I so said this was a group that was, yeah. at the beginning. I don't think enough. <laughs> we gotta we gotta make that correlation that I'm just randomly. We don't. We, don't, we haven't said it. We haven't made it known well enough yeah, yet. I don't think <laughs> enough people realize that because I don't think people know that that is a person. That is this man's history. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Soteji and Boys, uh, their run was from uh, 1992 to uh, January 1996. The albums they released were Soteji and Boys, Soteji and Boys 2, Soteji and Boys 3, and Soteji and Boys 4. (laughs) But you know what? It gets the point across. And uh, some of the songs, and as a precursor, um, we'll get into, there's going to be six songs we're going to cover. I'm just mentioning them off the, right now. We're going to talk about I Know, Anyhow Song, Dreaming About Hey, Classroom Idea, Must Triumph, and Come Back Home. And now, the history. So to set the scene here, and I'm, and I'm reading this off of a thing that I typed up so, so I can keep it almost straightforward. So the year is 1992. The year the Cold War, I think at this point, officially ended. The start of Cartoon Network. The first non-military president was elected in South Korea <laughs> since 1961. And this also included the birth of a lot of future Korean idol music acts, including Sunmi, uh, Sohee, and Hyerim of, you know, former Wonder Girls members, Hani from EXID, Hekyon, Chen, and Chanyeol from EXO, Mino and Sunghoon from Winna, from Winna uh, Ken from Vex, Hyuna, of course, a four minute and just Hyuna fame. And Zico. All of Hyuna fame. And Wonder oh, yeah. Girls, technically. Oh, yeah. And Wonder Girls. Zico and Block yeah. B. FX, uh, Amber from FX, Moonbeal from Mamamoo, and of course, last but not, definitely not least, Jin of BTS fame. And it was the year that you could argue the modern Korean pop music scene would be forever changed. But what led to that, essentially, that faithful day of night of, ele- of april 11th 1982 to be a day that changed the korean music scene as we know it forever but first we must go back a little bit a couple more decades prior actually back to 1966 and so um for those of you well maybe a little bit further back actually so for those of you who aren't a little bit aware of more modern korean history beginning of the 20 to summarize it as quickly as possible beginning of the 20th century they were a colony under japan you know, Japan was evil, blah, blah, blah. World War II happened. They kind of got free of that shackle. But then, of course, Korea, the Korean Peninsula erupted in, a, in its own war, the Korean War, which ended in uh, 53 with, of course, North Korea and South Korea, yada, yada, yada. 
Uh, but both countries, what a lot of people don't know, is that South Korea was still under a military dictatorship. And when we're going to back to 1996, uh, this was when a Korean Arts and Culture, Culture Ethics Committee, roughly translated, of course, was established by the former president slash dictator, depending, of course, how you view it, Park Chun-hee, who is the father of that Park Geun-hye, a.k.a. the first oh. female president of South Korea, a.k.a. the one that also uh -huh. got the boot several years ago. She, 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 she's tied up in some corruption shit but she's gonna be in jail for okay, a long very time. long time anyways so, very long time she did just look up the peaceful protests and you'll find out it's that's a whole other that's a whole can get into no so that, that's a long will not be a topic we will talk about but either way honestly either way, I'm, I'm gonna say it right now not a topic we're ever gonna talk about on this podcast if you care go no <laughs> we will not be covering the unless for history. some reason i decide to go rogue and talk about some korean history to y'all but it ain't happening today honey or no, at least not that deep in that corner of the globe we're talking about of course fun, more none fun of us are history. qualified to talk about that let's be honest with ourselves not completely, except more in a learning kind of phase. But yeah, so uh, so um, under Park Chun Hee, this Korean Arts and Cultural Ethics Committee was founded, which eventually this committee kind of became more became the more current Korea Media Rating Board, and this um, essentially allowed the government, excuse me, at the time, to uh, control the censorship of anything on TV broadcasts, film performances, and audio recordings that were. You know, especially on things that were deemed, quote-unquote, too sensitive for the public and not morally sound. And this organization does still exist to this day, with mainly their latest concerns. Big things that they're mostly big on is, like, making sure tattoos are covered or blurred, blaring inappropriate choreography, which tends to mainly target the more female dancers and artists. Uh, and, and, of course, censoring, preventing uh, songs with lyrics ranging from swearing to mentioning... Uh, essentially product placement such as Sprite or a Samsung Galaxy And that's phone, also kind of, even. not interject, but that's also kind of why if any of you watch dramas, it's why all the knives are always blurred. In a way. It's the same situation. And yeah, anything any that violence, gets used as like a weapon, yes, it, it gets, gets blurred. blurred. Yeah. That's the same sort of situation going on. That's why it happens. Yeah. And that's why you don't see that, you see, you hear about, for example, um, Akmu act on musician um they had a song band called galaxy because they thought it they were talking about the galaxy even though they thought it was going to be in connection to the galaxy samsung yeah. phone which is oh, stupid because yeah. they're talking about the planets but either yeah. way it's that's what people in korea associate galaxy no one with. can say instagram in any context in a song that has to be changed or why lotto exo's lotto had to be changed oh yeah that because got they're banned. not even talking about the the company they're talking about like lot hitting the lot just as a general just, as a general anything, term yeah any, korea's really anything that can be construed really as a brand picky. you can't mm -hmm. say yeah korea is like crazy picky when it comes I, to like they have rules against copyright advertising about that you cannot in a way i understand it in that you do not want people to be advertised to when they are not known i guess it does go a bit too far but that is sort of the mentality yeah, it does, behind it, does, it, it in some situations yeah a ridiculous amount of advertising like, in some ways, it's fine, but in other yeah. ways, it's kind of stupid. And sometimes the only way these products can be shown is if the, 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 the company that has those products is sponsoring something mm -hmm. right. for it or paying for it. It's, it's, it's weird. Anyways, but, um, but that's, I guess, the current focus of the Korean Media Ratings Board. 
Um, but once the latest president after Park Chun-hee, uh, Chung Doo-hwan, I think I said his name hopefully correctly, took over, he essentially closed all the commercial TV stations and licensed only two channels. And if you pay attention to either dramas or variety, or maybe even some Korean news, depending what kind of person you are, you would know these channels. If you might have heard the Korean Broadcasting System, KBS, or the uh, Munhwa Broadcasting Corporation, NBC, yeah, they're pretty old, uh, from the late 60s, early 70s old. And the exposure of music to South Korea, uh, South Korean citizens, was filtered essentially through these two, through KBS and NBC which essentially created a monopoly on music. And since the music shows on these channels were very popular and seen essentially by the whole country, and plus there were no you know, music charts or sales to like track music then at the time, and getting, those week- getting on those weekly music shows was almost like a guaranteed, you know, great, was, was almost guaranteeing these artists like great influence and popularity in a way. And so um, a fun and interesting fact, too, about these stations, uh, these two implemented a kind of star system for these music acts. And this was where the studio provided, like, their own uh, studio bands, choreographers, dancers, songwriters, and conductors, and then requ- and essentially, you know, required this singer, you know, to perform with whatever type of combination they wanted to throw out for whatever performance they were performing for the day. Whatever. You know, and none of these performers, real, none of these like artists, really had a uh, creative control over how the contents of these performances would be shown, or the production, or the dancing, or the outfits. This was all essentially regulated by the studios, by these broadcasting camp companies, and this type of control over performances really did limit a lot of the music diversity in Korea, Korea to a lot of either maybe your kind of simplistic uh, pop song, but mostly it's, it was a lot of ballads or trot songs that took that were really popular and that also um and 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 these um you know in these company in these broadcasting stations took charge of the direction of the music consumption korea to essentially occur occur through television so since like the beginnings of like really popular music in south korea a lot of it was done through television very visually which as you could probably argue has definitely left a great influence in current um Korean idol music consumption and just performances in general in Korea. And, and this, and this, you know, this placed a huge importance on image from appearance to, uh, from, uh, from the, uh, an artist's appearance to their performances to, you know, a lot of the song content of these artists ended up becoming, you know, very important over time. And the influence of these music shows that, you know, would eventually be created like Inkigayo music bank and like, and that countdown are still seen today. Um, as well. And even with Korea becoming a democracy finally in 1987 and then opening itself up to the world by the 1988 Olympics, Summer Olympics in Seoul, you know, the broadcasting companies still continue to be pretty strict on the type of music being broadcasted, which almost led to the risk of essentially the Korean music scene kind of dying out by the early 90s. And, you know, in the midst of these early in the early 90s, in these early days of democracy, you know, exposure to Western entertainment and media and um, Western soft power, you know, increase. And through an uptick of economic prosperity, there was a young 17-year-old named Chon Hyun Chul. And he, dropped, he decided to drop out of high school at 17. He decided to go ahead and uh, pursue his um, uh, a career in music. And thought that kind of school got in the way of accomplishing that. And he gave himself the stage name of Soteji and decided to join Korea's first heavy metal band, Shinawi, as a bassist. So yeah, 
And he did this until the band split up in 1991. And it was then that, uh, you know, Soteji decided to uh, play around some music. He discovered uh, MIDI, I think it's how you say it, M-I-D-I technology, um, and, like, um, you know, things to play around with music and whatnot, and he started to utilize it in what he was creating. And then eventually he got in contact with um, Lee Juno and, um, uh, and Yan Hyun-suk to learn some dancing and also to recruit them as dancers for a group he wanted to create. And Yan claimed, after hearing uh, Taeji's music, that he was so impressed and offered to join uh, Taeji and perform with him. And, of course, shortly after that, they got Lee Juno, and who was also a top dancer in Korea at the time. Lee and Yan were pretty top, were considered to be pretty solid good dancers at the time. Of course, the uh, caliber of dancing has definitely changed in recent years, but, you know. Uh, and so Ian Yane essentially became the backup vocalist and uh, main performers and dancers of the group, while Teiji became the main vocalist, writer, and producer for the group. And their first, and their first album, So Teiji and the Boys, was released on March 23rd, 1992. And the album was really the first of its kind in Korean, being kind of influenced by genres that were popular, especially in the States at the time, such as hip-hop, New Jack, swing, rock, and R&B. And then on this fateful day of, of the April 11th, 1992 arrived. So the group managed to secure a spot on uh, NBC's uh, weekend music show. I forget what it was called at the time. But the group, you know, the group decided to come on. They chose a clothes, the certain types of weirdly patterned clothes and um, and they danced without backup dancers, and they were dancing the whole time and singing. Teji wrote all their music and continued to do so going forward. And then uh, on this music show, reportedly, um, it was kind of like a rating system where people would rate their performances. And they had a panel of judges, and the judges were not a big fan of it. But you know, in the, in the game, and you know, the sh you know had an audience and a judge score, and the judges were like, you know, hey, this is weird. What the heck, you know? Because a lot of these guys, you know, were older and whatnot, and they, you know, this was probably the first time they were exposed to music like this. And um, however, that performance really caught on with the youth, and they're like, whoa, this is super cool, and this is it's similar to the West, but in Korean, you know, kind of deal. It's like, whoa, you could do this stuff while seeing Korean and rapping. Whoa! So obviously, you know, teenagers and you know more young adults were like, "This is super dope," and so um, this and that performance did help uh, skyrocket um, Nan Arayo to number one for 17 weeks. That's over four months on the music charts. Goddamn! And it also helped improve like other songs within that album as well, which I'll mention a couple of them later on. But um, it also started the trend. It also like really kickstarted the trend of like essentially performing and promoting off uh, other songs from their albums too, including songs like which I'll get into a little bit later. In the time spent with you, morality, you and the fantasy, as the night goes on, and my everything. And they would continue to do this too with subsequent albums where they release the albums, obviously have a big title track, but also promote other songs within that album. And this was also a trend that other artists down the line would continue to do as well. Um, and the second and third albums definitely had more. Second album still have some pop influence, but you know the title track for that um, "Anyhow" song definitely had more of a rock feel to it. And the third album, for sh by that point, had way more influences of rock, similar to like it, I, I view it as more like a "Rage Against the Machine," but you know, kind of like grunge, kind of like the rock that was kind of popular in the states at the time. And of course, they continued to sell a lot of records. They broke millions, selling over millions and millions of records and whatnot. And even so, the group was just, you know, business group, they didn't go through the music industry with a squeaky clean image. They had some controversy. 
And not necessarily because at the time of bad behavior from the members, more so to do with, you know, their lyrical content and then, I guess, their physical appearances. And, you know, you remember that uh, Korean Arts and Culture Ethics Council that I mentioned and how strict they kind of are with, you know, what shows up on TV? Well, yeah, they, um, they decided to update their name to Public Performance Ethics Committee, and the group essentially became an easy target for them because they were just like, you know, they, just, they stood out like a sore thumb, and they were just like, what the heck? What is this monstrosity? How dare you wear weirdly patterned clothes and overalls and crazy-ass hats with the tags on and backpacks while dancing? You know, they, yeah, there were just some older folks that were just, like, not into that fashion. And, you know, they wore... I mean, hell, they wore clothes, like, from Boy London, Moschino, uh, ripped jeans, you know. Hell, they had even some braided hair, some earrings, all that jazz. And, and down the line, they dyed their hair crazy colors and whatnot. And the group also had certain songs that were banned from being performed on TV or from even potentially being put onto albums. The most controversial song probably was Classroom Idea from their third album. It did eventually pass the council, but that was initially banned from TV and radio due to lyrics criticizing the Korean education system at the time, which in a lot of ways their lyrics still are kind of relevant today, but again, that's a whole other topic for a whole other time. And it was accused of potentially um, backmasking satanic messages. Oh, or fun. where? Yeah, they, they accused it as that. Um, but but eventually, a lot, a lot of people made an uproar about it, and they're like, "Let this song be put on the album. Don't ban it. Blah blah blah. Let him perform it." They changed their mind. And another song uh, too they had in their fourth album, "Regret the Times," was also banned because of lyrics that essentially criticized the government. Because very sensitive, I guess. Uh, but of course, Sotechi straight up refused to change or remove the lyrics in question. And it was those fans that were, the, since they gathered such a huge, quick following, they, they protested a lot. That and, a pre, and the pre-censorship system for music being released was essentially abolished in 1996 because of that. And so they had a fun, you know, little career. And then early 1996 came and the guys decided to split. And they saw the activities. And fans were reportedly very extremely upset at the news um, to the point that there were people that were, and I don't, I don't, I've heard that there were rumors that certain fans committed suicide because of this, but don't quote me on that one. And if so, I don't want to, you know, that's more of a serious matter. Please don't do that, people, if an artist or group decides to break up. But um, reportedly, that's that, that was what was happening. But people were very upset because... That's how big these guys were. They were hugely influential amongst the youth. They they were like almost like Jesus or gods walking around. It was crazy, especially Soteji, especially him. Um, so what happened to them essentially? Um, so E. Junho, we'll talk about him because he's the one that doesn't have as much information at the moment. But um, he went and established a record label. He released some music. There isn't too much in English about him. But the only thing, big thing I could say is that he married someone 23 years younger than himself, and he also has gotten in trouble with the law for being allegedly Agreed. being accused of allegedly assaulting allegedly. multiple women, and did apparently have to serve about two years in jail oh, because one, of it. Lovely. I mean, is it a lovely human if being? If you've gone to prison for it, do we have to say allegedly? <laughs> if you've gone to well, jail, I, I think I think it was allegedly more, but I think he okay. might have gotten in trouble. So for he one got in trouble. So the one sure. he got in trouble for, creepy. either way, terrible. He did assault right. her, and then yeah. allegedly he did more. Which again, I'm gonna put out there: yeah. you do one, still you bad. Do more. Just saying, but allegedly, don't All right. sue us. All right, I think I'll. I'll I, 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 I'm gonna switch. I'll, one thing around. I'm going to talk about Sotechi first, though, before we get Oh, yeah, we're, we're saving the one but, um, we have Sotechi. opinions on for last. 
<laughs> so um, Soteji, um, who hopefully I'll get to talk a little bit more I about. I like Soteji. In, uh, possibly a future, future episode. So he initially announced his retirement and went to live in the States. He actually has visited the States quite a bit, actually, over the years. Did not know um, he went to live in the States. It, <laughs> and apparently knows English. Oh, no, yeah, his English pretty is pretty good. Either way. Anyway, the dude released an album in 1998, surprised came back, and then came back to Korea physically in the year physically. 2000 and released Ultimania, which I really like that album. Just want to put a sign out there. I think it's a fun album. I include some songs and uh, hopefully, I think it will hopefully appear in a future episode of that. But uh, yeah, that's a good album. I definitely recommend if you like rock to check it out at least. But um, but during his time, he, uh, he was secretly married to, uh, I think it was an actress, I forget her name, I'm sorry, honey, but she, he also, during that time, separated from his first wife. Oh, 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 it was E. Jinnah, sorry. And the public didn't find out, actually, until she sued him in 2011 <laughs> for 5 billion won, which is roughly about 5 Dollars. million USD. Yeah. So, so it's not actually a billion no. dollars to what Americans would know it as, but still, it's a lot of money. Of her share um, for for her share of the marital properties, and then 500 million won in alimony, and you know that eventually got settled out of court. That was how people found out. Oh shit, he was married, and then eventually he met his second wife, actress who I, I don't think she really does have a lot of acting anymore. But E uh, E Eun Sung, and uh, he met her on the set of his music video for Bermuda Triangle in 2008. They married in 2013, and they had a daughter in 2014. Right around his release of his most recent project quiet night um which is yeah it's, it's still his most recent work to date uh with with like songs i remember first discovering them christmas was it chris malo wine i think i say it win and then uh song song Gyotan, which actually iu did her own version of that song too both i really like but um anyways <laughs> And then in 20, into 2017, he had a 25th debut anniversary music project where other artists covered some of his, uh, some of, um, you know, songs of his own solo songs and from his group, from his time as Sotichi and Boys, including BTS for a song we are going to talk about later. Uh, the BTS cover is actually pretty solid. I like it. Home, I will say. And then, but then, and then we got the man, the, 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 I'm, I'm not going to say a legend. Nope. Definitely not doing it. No. In some ways, he's a legend, I mean, yes. but in other ways, he, he, he's a controversial. So are, in some so ways, are, yes. So are a lot of serial killers, but you know. <laughs> True. Anyways, Yen Hyun Suk. He and this dude had an interesting time. He also went on to establish an entertainment. You industry. may have heard of it. And this, you might have heard of it. Uh, after a couple initial failures. He, they finally got big with the act Genius Sean, which I hope to actually cover eventually in the future because I really like their music. From his young label, helped propel, initially helped propel the company to success. And it was named, renamed that company to, as we know today, YG Entertainment. And the company went on to become one of what is still currently considered to be the big three. Big four, maybe more, at this point, of, the big I four. Kind of, with big hit. Now it's more so big four. With acts such as One Time. Big Bang, especially with Big Bang, 2021 Blackpink winner, Icon, and more recently, Treasure. In One of 2019, those groups is due not to, like the uh, others, I'm putting it out there. I forget Treasure's there. Yeah, let's be honest I here. forget Treasure is a part yeah. of YG, constantly. Jeez. And due to, so in 2019, due to controversy from the 
what was at the time considered the burning Mukta scandal, which is a huge ass scandal of itself. Again, and definitely not something we can cover, cover right now. There were so many freaking threads in our K-pop oh about God, that. It was it's a hot mess. Disaster. That that's a that's a whole other scandal. But because of stuff related to him and YG artists, <laughs> we from we don't Bay. mention him anymore. <laughs> We, and we other stuff that YG, him. the entertainment, and him was accused of, because of these scandals, he and his own brother stepped down from their positions within the company. Do However, they yourselves. still are big shareholders yes. of the company. So while they're not like the CEO and the president of the company anymore, do not kid yourselves. They're, they're still making still a ridiculous controlling behind the scenes. And anything you yeah. buy from so, YG Entertainment, do just know that they are getting money from that. Make yeah. peace with and that. And he also, you... uh, before this before this scandal, he also married a former member of his first girl group, Sweet Sweetie, I, I think, think that's how you say it. Yeah. Who is 12 years, his younger, who also was the sister of a member of okay. Jackie's, okay. which okay. is oh, yeah, another I group about, I Oh, yeah, covered. I forgot. But yeah. also, I, I don't even who? think he needs to, I, <laughs> Who they also signed under YG, yes! like, yes! Yes! I don't <laughs> years yeah, after they're... they disbanded. Yes, they are now under YG. And, and also... And before I forget, YG also released his own solo album and I think either nine I wanna say ninety seven or ninety six, but he only did that once and that was it. I don't think it was popular. But anyways, continue, Sammy. I think now's your time to uh, look chime I think we need YG. to talk specifically uh-huh. <laughs> about why why it's weird that uh, him and his wife I think we need to get into more of that in that he fucking We do. Like, no, it's not just that he was her boss. That's weird. He fucking destroyed that girl group because because he was attracted to someone 12 years his younger and his employee. That's one. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. He specifically mm-hmm. destroyed that girl group. Didn't give them promotion. Didn't give them comebacks to try to get with her. That's fucked. And it's a shame because her son, I'll be there. Is actually yeah. pretty slaps it's like on par with what's like I, that's the only song i know from them but that song's on par with some songs that were coming out in the states yeah time. i'm like this is pretty yeah. good mm-hmm. that's like Damn. there's some what could have been like i'm not putting anything out there but that's weird power dynamics between him and his wife first like that's just like the first thing that makes him a creep two i yg has always just given me bad vibes since forever and He's a, he's a very guy. creepy guy. The way he, like, just stories about YG. No one has ever had a fully, like, totally fine interaction with this man. Everyone only talks about how much of a shithead he is. His own groups talk about how much of a shithead he is sometimes. He is called 21 Ugly to their faces. And that's one of the biggest stories about 21 is that they were called ugly by their CEO to their face. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And even when he's calling someone pretty, it's an insult. Because that's what he said about Blackpink. Blackpink is a prettier 21. And I'm like, that's also oh, fucked. Man. That's also weird. Yep. He's- Men in Korea are kind of misogynistic. No, but like, I, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm not saying no in a the, lot of the older not. men, especially. But YG has just given me like worse than normal vibes. He's a very creepy oh, yeah. man. Do not support this man's. He's a weird. He's. Mm. And then also, like, the, yeah. definitely, like, look, everything that came out post Burning Sun, not to go into the specifics of like the really bad shit. But the fact that he probably is embezzling money from his own company and dodging taxes, I fully believe that. Yes. 
Him and like a lot of yes, the CEOs, most CEOs, the companies, most I CEOs, which is why I, I genuinely yeah, do not, a, I don't understand the K-pop thing of standing companies. Don't stand a company. Oh, stand yeah. company. Never That's stand a company. A, people. a company is a company, though. They're to make money. Yes, yeah. and the higher That's up people it. in these companies have <laughs> definitely abused your idols. I don't care what idol you stand; they've been abused at some point by somebody in their company. Most likely monetarily and emotionally. I'm not saying physical. I mean, we have seen cases of physical abuse. And sexual abuse. And, yeah, there's been a lot of, like, every kind of abuse has happened in the industry that we have proven. But mostly it's emotional abuse, which is, again, very bad abuse that they will go through for years because their contracts are seven years long. Very long time. And sometimes may or may not reportedly be... Allegedly, subtly, subtly, allegedly, maybe like hiding behind the scenes, they might actually oh, yeah, be longer yeah. than they. We went come through all say, that. Oh, yeah. And if you yeah. want to see a very fictionalized bullshit retelling of that, please look up <laughs> Jessica's book. We have a podcast on it. Don't read it; it's shit. <laughs> That's a great episode. I fucking love that. Episode. <laughs> I had to read that really book. Do. It needs more views, guys. That's literally us just like complaining about it. not even read the book, and I'm just there yeah. Kayla's there with me, and she's just like, oh. That sounds like it sucks. I'm like, yeah, I had to read yeah. it. Then again, I was half. I did read like half of it while we were doing a quarter rate once, a quarter oh um, podcast. Because I was just like, yeah, no, this is fine. I'm just gonna skim can't through just, this. I can't just be doing this. Yeah, um, it's just so it's so long. The book was not even that long, but it was so long. It felt oh, so god. long. Oh god. Oh god. I'm very happy I did oh, not god. buy it. I. I got good. it from my local library. Anyways. Everyone, please support your local libraries. They are institutions that do great work. If, if you're if they're open, still, you I don't can know. Pr- they um, are, most of them are doing are. the whole you reserve it and then go get it and then leave. So support your local library, everybody. Go if you want to read Jessica's book, get it from your library. Don't buy it. And it's free. And it's free. Yeah. You get the free. It's a free. Free, free, free. free. To go back to the topic anyways, at hand well, and not supporting our local are, communities. Yes. So the so the summarize um this so Teji and Boys can be argued to be probably the most influential artists from Korea in the music industry period possibly their choices in fashion music genres and lyrical content really helped spark a huge revitalization of popular music in Korea and their music has been proven to have been influential towards the creation of music from idol groups even hip hop artists indie bands and R and B artists even. And showing that Korean, that the Korean language, that Korean can be, you know, Korean Hangul, the language can be used with those genres still, kind of like the Western counterparts can. And now, on to the songs. And going in chronological order of release, starting with the one, the only, I know. The song that kicked it off for everybody. Alright, uh, who wants to go first? I mean, I um, have... Anyone? Again... I have said before that, again, there is a very big difference. There's a reason this group is called, and this is sort of a, a continuing thing throughout all of these songs, there's a reason it's called Soteji and Boys, and that I find there that Soteji yeah, is one far more really. talented than the other two. <laughs> this yep. is his group. He is the star. And just putting it out there, like, I like the song. It's vi- Everything they do is very 90s, and that's not particularly my favorite genre generally. But I like the energy. It's fun. 
And I like mm-hmm. Sotigi. I do like it. It does. It does sound very typical of like what you would like. Just like a and general, I, yeah, like a '90s song. And I get that. Um, but I think it is very representative of like what music was like yeah. in that. Time and I get that they're partially. It's the fact that they, again, it happens a lot of times with people that make a trend. The imitators kind of dilute down their own sound anyway. So like, of course, it sounds like everything else. Everyone else was trying to do the same thing. So, like, they kind of fall victim to their own success where it's, like, people come in to do the same thing. So everything sounds the same. <laughs> also, YG's not a good rapper. I'm just gonna date. I'm just gonna make that man. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, time, lot, I'm just gonna be honest. A lot of the early rappers in Korean music. I mean, a lot of the mid- I mean, great. look, I'm gonna be- I'm gonna, I'm gonna just give a very, very controversial- st- Hopefully not a controversial- st- I don't know how unpopular this opinion is. Rapping in K-pop only started getting good more recently than mo- than you think. Like it's not in K-pop, and like, not in K- not talking K-hip-hop or anything like that. K-pop rapping yeah. only started getting pretty good last couple yes. of years. There were outliers before, but for the vast majority, they were serviceable at best. Oh yeah, they were there to do a job. Because everyone yes. thought they needed <laughs> rap when you don't. Apparently. And now it's just like a staple of like K-pop. You have to have like a rap. Like every group just has Look, a rapper. I was like, you don't need that. Honestly, Soteji is probably a big well, yeah. part of the reason why that became the thing. Even though they're not an idol group. No, yeah. but, the fact, probably a but huge before Soteji, there were no idol groups. H.O.T. wouldn't debut yeah. for another like, like two years. Things. They were in 98, right? No, uh, HOT was 96. But that was right when they disbanded. So, like, from 92... Yeah. There were no idol groups before this. So they are, yeah, in a I way, the template forget. for no, I think, I think I think they were, but they just not, were not, not that popular. No, not the way... Not the training system idol groups. I'm talking, like, your stereotypical K-pop idol group is not a thing until HOT. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't really yeah. exist. There were groups yeah, and that I think that a and lot of sang, them are more influenced yeah. by Soteji than the previous idol groups they wanted to do that so then you just take a training system make them better dancers make them possibly like more trained singers and then you get hot later on and i forget how yeah. much earlier hot or not hot but so teji and the boys was in comparison to like sage keys and like yeah. hot and like shin because it was like oh, yeah. they were all expected, several years yeah, later i always ex- yeah. i always thought that yeah, they overlapped but they don't because they right disband- they don't Right like they when were gone H-O-T before all those groups were like oh, Soulchangi yeah. and boys. Soulchangi and boys overlapped with other artists that I hope mm-hmm. I'll be able to talk but about. But they never overlapped but, with like your. So there definitely were other yeah. artists and groups per se but, that like, were definitely stereotypical. Not stereotypical, but like not your, your stereotypical like first like, gen like K-pop, K-pop boy groups because those they artists. Yeah, no, they weren't. They weren't like necessarily that. I think that when you're talking about K-pop, like there's Korean pop idol groups that are there. And I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say mm-hmm. Sotiji is K-pop because I think when you look at K-pop, especially now, you're talking about the system. You're talking about training system. Yeah. You're talking about all of that. That comes along with when you think of K-pop, and nothing mm-hmm. before HOT did that. So they're almost their own genre. You mean you mean? No, Sotiji. I wouldn't even call Sotiji true oh. like K-pop. Oh, K-pop. Yeah. I think that they're a precursor. But HOT is like your first K-pop group because that's the training system. That's the stereotype. Soteji is almost this like yeah, weird yeah. hybrid of K-pop and K-hip-hop. 
Like they're they're an almost or, genre of themselves. Or a really rock, rock influence. influence they are they rock are pretty heavily they're like rock in their own yeah. genre rock. because like you have the rap element, you have the pop element, you have the rock element. They're their own thing in a way. Yeah, they really set up the, like the groundwork of being like, hey, you can have cool looking fashion and dancing. Cool, you know, for they, the time. it wasn't cool refined, for the time. but they set the groundwork for. I'm I'm watching this right now, and start. we're gonna go with cool for the time fashion because I love this man's little peace sign necklace right there. <laughs> <laughs> this man's peace sign necklace oh and yeah. things that are essentially capris. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, my favorite thing has to be Sotoji wearing the bucket hats for oh, the I bucket, know, bucket hat. the fucking bucket hats. I love them. I'm like, oh, what, it's, what a it's thing. a lot. It's them. a lot. But it's a lot. The, the backpacks, backpacks, the other yeah, the backpacks. Like, <laughs> but generally, I like this. Like, it's fun. Mm-hmm. All right, Kayla, what about you? Yeah, I think it is pretty. Um, just. It's kind of generic sounding in terms of like whatever the like sort of night like what I what I think a song from the nineties sounds like should sound like yeah, um, but I, that's probably because they they were a big part of like sort of defining what that was for Korean music to begin with. But I did like it. It's a fun song, and I'm not a big fan of like retro music really. I mean, I think neither of us are a big fan of re- like you pick the two people from this pop. I am. No, we're right yeah. here with the two. <laughs> I like certain I retro mean, but, sounds, but uh, they need to have like a modern element, which means that I can't just listen to retro music. I mean, yeah, I grew up with like my parents. My parents grew up in the 80s, so there's a lot of 80s music and like 70s music. And I'm like, and of course, I'm like a sucker for like the 90s, early 2000s kind of like song vibe. It's Marie, very every once in a while, so we will try to I'm like do. A, I'm like a girl. I listen to Hillary Duff. I mean, I love Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff is different. I love Hillary Duff. I'm like a step Beyonce. I mean, we're, I don't even like the the modern songs that are retro inspired. Like, I don't even like that. Yeah, so. Kayla. Hates, oh, some some of those are shit. Some of those are shit. Megan Trainer, Megan Trainer. No, we're talking about K-pop songs. songs. We don't like. Oh, yeah, we're talking I about see. the K-pop. Generally, as a concept, and like retro music is like not a thing that yeah. I really ever. I think buy. it depends on the era we're we're going back to, but generally, yeah. what I will say and what I I like about it that a lot of, and this is just generally so tiggy, I like the rock elements, because I do think that that was a forerunner of like k-pop i do enjoy now can we bring that back i want more rock k-pop songs there there is rock there is korean rock music except a lot of really good stuff is like indie i I will say i want k-pop groups to bring rock elements into their i don't want full i want rock elements into k-pop because we really only get that from some of the bands you get it with the you get it with bands and that's really it but not even all the bands are even it it, depends on the some of the bands do it and then some of the bands try to be sad boys some of the bands are just pop pop bands bands or sad boy bands and i love sad boy bands and pop bands i want more bands generally k-pop groups k-pop companies i know i called you corporate shills before but Please, more K-pop <laughs> I miss bands. rock Please. and pop music. Honestly. I want more K-pop yeah, bands. But I want, like, I want to, because every every once in a while, like, at an end-of-the-year award show, a group will do, like, a rock remix, or they'll do it with a live band, and it slaps. 
whatever yeah, song. Yeah, there's been a trend lately yeah. of doing live band ver- like covers of songs. And Would like, you say me- it's knee yes! slapping? It's a that. knee slapping moment when pe- <laughs> when groups do a rock cover of. We never use that phrase ever. Knee slapping, bitch. <laughs> it's appropriate that it's on your birthday episode because you are the one that came up with it. Because you are the one who coined yes. that phrase. Yes, it was <laughs> you. Yeah, how the hell that's that why. Happen? That's literally why this podcast is named. Because that. you said that one time and we burst into laughter. And I thought it was so funny, and then we made it like a command that it was like Star Maria, and it's like that makes me want to slap my knee. And then it somehow we were trying to come up with podcast names about a year ago, and we're like, I mean. We do say this now a lot, so it's the Knee Slapping K-Pop because Podcast. It was what our group chat was named. It was called Knee Slappers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a shitty group chat name. It was like, I forget, it was like three chickens and then a European and, mutt. And, and then, then you I came got it like a dragon. And then, yeah. Yeah, and then it was, we we are a weird, fr- one of these days we need to just. We're fucking weird group of people. <laughs> One of these days, we do actually need oh, to God. make a, just an episode about how the fuck we all became friends. How the fuck this is even like? Why are we right I, now? I, I think I think what I've learned is that I'm basically the reason all this. Well, shit no, happened. it's really a lot say, of it is just the me. fact that we talked <laughs> yeah. for months before we met any of the any of the other knee slappers, if you will. And most of the time, it was just you watching a freaking K-drama and reacting to it. I'm just like, who fucking died? Who fucking died? The surprise sexual assault. That's the thing that we say we still does, just on the regular basis. She still does it. Every night. She still does it. This is what, this is is my relaxing time when I'm watching a K-drama talking to my friends. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. It's oh how I live my life. Anyways, um, anyways, back to so back, back to I know. Um, the brief history of the knee slapper reel. as well. <laughs> this, this is gonna be a fun blooper. Reel. Anyways, Kayla, do you have any other thoughts for I know? Uh, that's probably it. Can we move okay, on? Okay, so I did a little oh. bullet list. Um, I I, I gotta have. I gotta say, my I, you, is I would look. You know we've been it? on this song for like ten minutes. I thought you. I thought, I thought you went okay, first. Okay, so some notes I. So some notes I dropped down is one is that this song is basically for Korean modern pop music, what Disney Snow White and the Seven Doors was for animation, and that and the fact of essentially to summarize it is is that it's it was definitely new and innovative and exciting. It doesn't mean it was necessarily perfect, but its influence has definitely stood the test of time. That you just can't not say it's iconic. You know, it's. It, it, there definitely are moments where it's just like, what the fuck was the decision making for this? But you know what? In a way, it works out. It's not a perfect song, but it's a fun song. And I can see why it got so freaking popular, you know? It, to me, it has a cool... I love New Jack Swing. It has a cool mix of that. And then when you throw in the little rock elements, the little riffs during the break dance, break dance, little... I guess during the live performances, they do a little break dance session to like the little rock guitar riffs there. I love that. Oh, if y'all ever checked out the English version of this, there's an English version. Their first, there is. It's called Blind Love. Interesting. The, the lyrics. The lyrics are choice. Uh huh. Do um, they say words that they shouldn't? Uh, say? If you want to laugh, and there was a performance of this too that they did no. on a Korean music Maria, show. Maria, do the they English say version. words that they shouldn't? Yeah. Say? Like a lot of early K-pop, do they say words that are not socially acceptable to say? So, I don't think they say the N word. That's because what yes, because Shinwa does that. <laughs> Shinwa does that, and Shinwa I have to, and I that, have to just make sure before we recommend yeah. things to people. I think HOT did too. A lot of early K-pop. I don't think they realize that that's not a word that they're allowed to say in rap, even in rap. 
SM apparently was filled with stupid people, and they clearly thought it was okay to say this after listening to a couple of rap songs, and they didn't get the memo. Oh, but that, well, they got the memo, but yeah. And, and trust me, you're like, oh, are you sure they didn't say the Korean word? No, for I? no, no trust me. Trust me, trust me. You can, it's not. Um, <laughs> they can tell you get it from the context. Can, no, and you can get it from the context. They say those two words different. Those two words are different words. They have different, yep. so, like, you. Well, technically, there's a couple Korean words. It's like, I, uh, like, like, it's like, uh, there's two different Korean words. Yes, that sound they sound similar. Like, they and then like, one if of, you yeah, they're both the very songs, similar. They don't like you can tell when they're using that word and when they're using a di- the the word we can't. I'm not gonna say. You can tell. But yeah, basically those Korean words essentially mean like I, it's I, I, I and like, yeah. Essentially, yeah, it, they're, they're very, very yeah, common. And, but, like, but you can as an hear FYI. like if you listen to K-pop now, but, you'll yeah. hear that word sprinkled throughout. For the most part, it sounds yeah. fine. Yeah. Certain K-pop artists will try to like bend that word to like you know. I've heard in Korean rap that they say ninja, so I mean, there's look, that. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'll t- look, look. But anyway, don't say the N-word, on, K-pop on, idols. Don't say the N-word. Like we should know. I should we should not know have to say this, but please don't say the N-word. look. I remember the. This is the second episode of this podcast. We had to specifically beg Golden Child, please, Golden. Oh my Child. god, that was so stressful. I was stressed for a week that Golden, like, Golden Child was Child, gonna please. say the N word because they were covering the what was the, the, the Shinwa song. song? Yeah, because we were so scared that they hadn't edited it. I was so scared for so them. like the fact that it's it was Twinkle of Paradise, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, T-O-P, T-O-P, yeah, yeah. So the fact that like. Yeah. We're Which in... is a shame because that's the song oh, that got popular good song. too. And they use like, 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 right. like that cover is very, very good as well. But just the version that does not have one particular word. It's also yeah. very oh, yeah. funny. And they just to took me. out that whole verse. It's also very it funny great. to me that that has <laughs> aired great. on television. And it has. And they, they performed it at KCON yeah, too. It is very funny to me that 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 generally that word perfectly fine on television, but you can't show a tattoo. Mm. Korea, Korean censorship, everybody. Oh Anyways, All back right. to my back songs to, on back the song. The... We're on a lot of tangents. Uh, the, today. English, <laughs> the English version of this song is funny. Um, you, you can see why the youth went crazy over this shit. It was cool at the time, and I wanted. I also for these songs, depending which albums they correspond. If I want to make a little commentary on the album, uh, I actually really like this first album that I know is from. Uh, first, I don't know why I do, but I. I know it's not perfect, but I enjoy it a lot. Like, in particular, I love the song My Everything, and As the Night Goes On. And You and the Fantasy is a funny song to me, especially seeing live performances of that, like, watching the old videos of that. It's just kind of, it's a crazy song. There's, like, some weird, like, high-pitched sing-yelling, screaming thing. I'm like, what the fuck is this song on? But it's it's a funny song. Uh, but personally, I have to say... I. As much as I love I Know, um, My Everything and As the Night Goes On are great songs as well. I definitely recommend you check those songs out, especially As the Night Goes On. It's a really good, like, New Jack Swing R&B kind of vibe style song. Really good. Anyways, on to Anyhow song. Sammy, you want to give me a... What do you think so about I'm just this gonna one? See, uh, Kayla, I think you and I have... I read your comment, and I agree with it 100%. Yeah, I was like, I have a comment for Sammy and Sammy only, and maybe the one person out there listening to this who's also watched all of our produced content... We love content, you, you're great. We appreciate you. Was that there is... There's a part of the chorus that is very much reminds Ty, me of the song Tarzan Next, next Door that they cover. 
Yeah. Yeah. From Youth With You 1, Tarzan Next Door, it does yeah. remind me of that a lot. It's got vibes of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and that's now all that I can think. I do like the- Tarzan Next Door is also very much like the song you would expect it yes. to sound yes. like, I feel. Yeah. What you think that sounds like is what it sounds like, but also look it up. It's a very weird but fun performance. Much mm. like a lot of produce china. Yes. But I, this is, again, where it's, like, there's a lot of underlying rock yeah. elements to the song that I do enjoy a lot. I mean, I do prefer the other yeah. song a lot more. I don't think I will... This song is... Yeah, Which I one? like I know. I know a lot more or, than I like this song, yeah. generally. But I like the rock element. No matter what I will say about an of a, of a Soteji song, I like the rock element. Because that's, that's always fun. Everything else is a little... I'm not as much a fan of this one. It's fine. I do love the token, um, the fact that they have token, uh, black people in it. This video. They're, <laughs> oh, that's they're right, they do in the music video. They're <laughs> trying to get the, the street cred, guys. My question is, where the hell did they get some of these foreigners back in the day? Like, were they already in Korea? Like, that's, that's a what big, I want to know. I mean, know. you know, For I us. don't know the demographics of Korea back in the 90s, but I don't think there were that many foreigners. Exactly. So that's why I'm wondering, where the hell did they find these guys? Did they, did they just purge them from, like, the U.S. military? Maybe. Like, you gotta do, maybe. Maybe. maybe I don't know. Like, yeah, you guys want to be in a music video? Cool. Come on. Yeah. Cool. Chill. I, I really, I'm curious about that, how those connections were made. But anyways, um, I, are you guys, uh, would you say, uh, Kayla, did you already say your thoughts? Yeah, or? that was that, like, okay. most of it, what I had to it's say. Tiger, it's Tiger, Tiger right. next door. Fair it's enough. Tarzan next door. Tarzan. Tarzan, Tarzan next, next door. door. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, so this song, uh, compared to um, Not Adayo or I Know, uh, Hagoya or Any House On, uh, definitely, for sure, is their big, I think, first notable instance of this is very rock influence. Like, you can just tell straight off the bat. Huge rock influence for the group. Not so much New Jack Swing, but there's still a dance element to it. Uh, I, I, in my personally, I feel like there's definitely that little grunge vibe there, but not completely, but it's there. And definitely, probably also the influence of Sochi having been in Shina Wee before, definitely probably played a part in that. Um, and that that rock sound definitely became much more prominent in their other albums. Surprisingly, the rest of this album of Sotenji 2 that this song is a part of is a lot more pop. Uh, this this one kind of stands out a little bit. Um, and then, like, there's some, you know, uh, To You is, like, one of their, probably their best-known ballad, I think. And then Swamp of Death, uh, I like that one. That one's a pretty... The title sounds kind of crazy, but it's actually not that bad of a song. I like that song. It's pretty solid. But otherwise, I kind of forget about this album, not gonna lie. Maybe it's def Maybe some Koreans have a little bit more positive feelings toward this album, but personally, I think this is probably my least favorite for whatever reason. I don't know why. I don't think it's an objectively bad album, but it just doesn't... I don't vibe with it as much as the other ones. But yeah, moving on to Dreaming of Balhe. Um, so, Sammy... What do you think? Hmm. This is, again, very, very 90s. It's It sounds like a lot of American 90s music. This is sort of the one where I've just seen, like, the. it just reminds me a lot of music from that era. Like, American music from that era. 
Yeah. It has like a very like like early nineties or like mm-hmm. or like late nineties, early two thousands, like American like punk pop rock yeah. music type thing, which I do enjoy a lot because I do like yeah. that type of music. That, that's so. probably one of my favorite American music eras is that like early two yeah. thousands pop punk era. Right. <laughs> this song I'd say is definitely probably one of their. S- it's a dance. They dance to this song, but it's definitely a slower one. This album. You know, I like this one because it's kind of like, it. this is where they kind of also start to get into more of that talking about societal things kind of vibe. Not like, you know, talking about, oh, we didn't get the girl and blah, 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 teenage youth kind of stuff. This is where an interesting one where they like, you know, they're kind of like, uh, you know, it's like dreaming. It's like more tied to like the Korean. I guess my understanding of the song is that it's more tied to like the Korean struggle like Korean history or whatnot. I'm not quite sure of the, all the context of it, but it's definitely more, it's definitely one of their like more deeper meaning songs for sure. And um, it's interesting because there's live performances where Sotoshi comes out playing the guitar to this and it's like, oh damn, he mixing it up a little bit. I like it. And, um, and it, it feels kind of like, I get this like inspiring vibe from it, which is weird, especially when they're doing the dancing to the song. I'm like, what is going on with some of the choices of this? And I do like that guitar in the beginning because it kind of reminds me of like Tracy Chapman's fast car a little bit in the beginning, that little guitar thing that Soteji does. But um, yeah, it's a good song. It's definitely one of my more favorites that they promoted that I like a lot. Um, and I won't talk about the album yet because there's another song uh, from this album that we're going to talk about. It probably... The most, um, the one that got him in trouble the most, probably by the censorship board, Classroom Idea. Sammy, Kayla, or one of you, I don't know which one, but Sammy, I guess, thoughts first. What do you think? I like Classroom Idea. The concept, like the lyrics. I kind of like the vibes. Kayla described it as cultish. I'm into it. I watched the live performance (laughs) and it was very much like a cult. Yes, I'm into it. I'm into it. Don't love Screamo. I. I don't, don't love, love screaming because they did just go yeah. full on screamo. I'm like, not like that's that. too far. <laughs> like, I like rock elements. I don't love screamo. I never liked screamo even when I was in like my like rock punk phase. Not a fan of screamo. And like, I don't know. It just like very much seemed like they were just a full band now. And yeah. I don't know if that was just because of the live performance that I watched or what, but I was like, it just seemed like they well, were just, also, like... also, this song just kind of just sounds like it's a... Like, if... Like, there's certain songs that you can tell are, like, made by, like, a pop group and songs made by bands. This sounds like a song made by a band. Generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like... I like... I think I like the risk that they took with this song, that they went full out with, like, a band kind of, like, vibe with this. But... <laughs> I don't, I'm not a big fan of Screamo either, but I just couldn't help but, like, laugh at it, because I'm like, oh I my god, it who did they find? Like, it's definitely right not one of them. It's definitely not one of them yeah. that did that Screamo part. They definitely purged someone well, from Well, yeah, no, I don't think do any of them have that. the vocal capacity. Like, Screamo is difficult. Like, it is hard to do that. So, like, they, that's how you blow out your vocal cords if you don't know how to do it. So they can all, I don't think they did it. Oh yeah, no, no. This the screamo part, by the way, happens in the main chorus. Um, for those who are curious, but um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I'm like this song, just them talking about how 
They don't like the school set up in Korea. It definitely has such like edgelord vibes. It's definitely something that you could totally see appeal to teens. They're like, yeah, fuck school. Screw that. I mean, but actually, though, the Korean school system, though, in all seriousness, still to this day, definitely has some problems. So, like, I think the commentary on this in this song is definitely still somewhat relevant and probably it's a little bit more interesting now with the, you know, how crazy social media and the internet and stuff has advanced. And you could, you could go all into that in in your own theory, but uh, you know, it's interesting. It's an interesting song. It's a cool song to like, in my opinion, to like, you know, kind of start that kind of discussion point about school and whatnot. And just kind of like, Oh, they were kind of the first ones that had the balls to it. Whether the song's actually that great or not in terms of production or screamo wise, I'm not quite sure, but you know, it's definitely one of those that like, if I was younger, I definitely like, it, it reminds me of how I yes. felt when I listened to like songs from BTS back in the day, like tomorrow and stuff. It's like, it re- takes me back to that time. Granted, BTS also did not go. And also BTS did Actually, it reminds me of a song, song off of Darker Wild. I forgot yeah. they did that. A cover, a cover, no, did they cover of Club Mac Home? Did they do a cover of Classroom uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, they did. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, oh, they, they did. did the KBS yeah. 2016 Song see- Festival, if anyone's curious. Huh. That's a time. I gotta watch that. Oh man, I can't believe yeah. I missed that. Because I knew obviously about yeah. coming back home, but but I'm not surprised. Like hey, BTS this, has always been a group that's done a bunch of Soteji covers, and it makes sense. Like I get it. It makes sense too, especially yeah. with the content of songs yeah. from their earlier albums of BTS. They definitely go into like that discussions of like school and you know a little bit about society and it's, it's the one thing i kind of miss from their current discography because i feel like they don't really talk yeah about but i also much, feel like but they talk yeah. about different elements i think it's sort of an evolution i don't think bts can talk about school now when they're all pushing like 30 no no and, yeah not necessarily about school but just certain yeah. other things i kind of miss that era of them in a way but this is not anyway BTS, this is not discussing the evolution of bts's discography which again if you're into that we might do an episode on that eventually Maybe once they all go Please into the military when there's a good pause. We won't do we that know. for another three years yeah. at that point. Oh, God. General's got to go at the end of next year. It's the he end does. of next year. It wasn't extended. It wasn't extended. That is the extension. Extended is the end of military rule. So yeah. the end of next year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is a very right, long well, extension. Oh, yeah. That is honestly, he's almost he he's gonna be yep. thirty when he goes. Into he will the be thirty, I think. He's he's gonna stand out, and everyone else with him will be at least ten Look, to twelve years younger. The man has got to get. He's going. gonna be an old man. A, a lot of people that go into Korean military typically between, enlist either right out of high they school. They do or college it. A lot of them college, do it between so. like because college is four years. They do it after the first two and before the last two. They kind of take a break in the middle. Or they go right out. Yeah, of high and a lot school. of them do it because companies, because yeah. a lot of companies won't yep. hire you if you have a Because then at that point yet, they lose you for two years, so they they want to they get it out of the way before they finish college, so that they actually can get a job. So a lot of these celebrities literally are entering the military with like their comrades being like maybe possibly well, yeah a because they they have a job and like <laughs> you can't waste the most precious years of your youth. When you're young and pretty, to go into the military. Oh yeah. Anyways, classroom idea. 
I think it's iconic, but I also think, yeah, it's not the most perfect thing. But you know what? A for effort for trying with the Screamo. Next, and um, that album in general, I do enjoy it, but not as much as the first one or the next album or songs we will talk about. To be about. honest, uh, must to be it. honest, I think what I have slowly started to realize is that I think I like Sota G less and less the longer it went on. It, it does. I do think I enjoyed it less we, and less the, 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 the songs later you showed the us. Songs I don't know if it was on. just the songs that we listened to or if that's just indicative of the albums as a whole. But as it went on, I started liking them less and less uh, because I don't really like... The chorus of this song is fine. That's not the problem. The problem is, what is going no, on it... with the man's voice? Why does he sound does like he that? Sound like, <laughs> like, oh my why god, why does he suddenly this? sound like that? <laughs> oh why god, is he yeah. Yeah, I, th- I... Okay, I, I have a reason why I picked this song, but I'm gonna let you No, that, talk that's about my opinion, is why Why are we doing this in, in the in the vert? Like, what? It's what like, all doing? of a sudden, we're, like, using the worst, like, possible singing voice imaginable. Almost, like, like to the point where this is an in- <laughs> this is an intentional choice that you're making, and someone should have... Yeah. Like, it's, it's almost seems like it's one of those situations where a group gets so big, everyone is too scared to say, maybe do something else. I think because this was this was a bad choice. Choices were made. All right. So my opinion is on must triumph. All right. Yeah, I agree with y'all. The high pitched voice is kind of fucking weird. Not gonna lie. It, I'm just like, what the fuck were you thinking, so tagy? But you know what? He wanted to go all out for the last album with the boys. So there you go. I guess. But yeah, the rest of the song I really do like though. Um, I like the, I like the, the vibe. It transports me back. It's very nostalgic for me. And it's crazy too. The, okay. So the MV, the music video for this song is really interesting because they decide these motherfuckers decide to not only dye their hair crazy ass neon colors, they decide to play instruments on top of a freaking flat bag, big ass truck driving through what I think is Seoul for all I know could be another city in Korea, but I have a funny feeling it's probably most likely Seoul. Um, and they're like driving and just filming this music video while they're performing. And then it's funny because during the music video, they, they the fil- the the camera crew gets shots of people that they pass by in the street. And you, it's great. It's so great to see the faces of these, like especially the kids, just freaking out, going like, "Oh my god, it's them!" Like freaking out, being like, "Oh my god, it's them! It's them! It's so tedgy." And the boys, oh my god, they're like freaking out. It's great. I, I'm like, that's iconic. And I wonder if any of those kids actually watched the music video to be like, oh, we got to see if I'm in it. I wonder if any of them were able to find themselves. I wonder. That, that must be a cool like thing to be like, hey, look at me. I'm spontaneously in a so music video. But I don't know. I just find that so funny. And like, it, it's also a testament to how freaking influential and big they were. It's crazy. But yeah. Anyway, so that's my thoughts on that song. Um, you know. Cool. Anyways. And the last one we're going to talk about is arguably, probably, their, besides I know, their most iconic song, Come Back Home. You must come back home. We're and uh, something totally where kind of ties into similar New Jack Swing sound, except they decided to go full on gangster rap for this shit. Sammy, tell me your thoughts, girl. So, um, I've never, I've, I've, this is maybe the first Sotiji song I've heard. I've never really been that big a fan of it. 
one, I don't really like gangster rap to begin with, for one. Don't really love the genre. Don't love the way they say come back home in the song. The whatever the whoever's doing that nasal you bit. You must come back. Yeah, that's home. gotta, that's gotta, that's gotta why stop. Are we doing this? The nasal stuff. Much stop. like the last part, much like the last song, that's my question stop. is why are we doing this? Why did we make these choices? The nasal bits but are probably again, most likely so tedgy, honestly, if I'm gonna be so honest. So he's gotta stop, he's gotta stop that. But also, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not bad. I'm not gonna say it's bad. It's just not a genre that I personally listen to, or that I personally enjoy. If you like this style of song, you'd love this. I'm not a bigger fan. It's also not it also leans out of the rock elements a lot that I liked from them. It's a lot so eh. it's not my favorite. Somehow again, the early the early so titchy stuff is where I was like full in. Yeah, I think I definitely this is weird, but I do like their earlier stuff a lot more. I'm also not a big fan of like gangster rap as a whole but i think it's because i've heard bts's version of it that i've gotten like used to the song in a way so i enjoy I mean, it i think I, more than i, I normally would i have probably listened to the bts version more than i have oh for sure yeah the so titchy version mm -hmm. so i've almost gotten more used to hearing bts sing it than i am the actual group yeah but again i it's also not my favorite bts song because it's not a BTS song. It isn't. I. It also get very similar vibes uh, from the song to HOT's Warriors Descendant. And that's a song that I've recently liked because One Us covered it on Road to Kingdom. Yeah. Um, but I get similar vibes to that song. So. Now that you Warriors Descendant definitely was probably inspired by Come Back Home. Oh, yeah, I, I highly, so. highly speculate yeah. that. I, I don't think it's. I, it's probably not even a question at this point, but. But yeah, um, so uh, I think you said you, you said your thoughts right, you're right, Kayla. Yeah, right. yeah. So um, for me, contrary to you two, I freaking love '90s rap. <laughs> so this was totally up my fucking alley, and it definitely reminded me. And also part of the reason why I fell in love with particularly BTS in general was because of the fact of their like rap skills and like I I, I rap's always been rap and hip hop has always been a genre I've always loved. So like doing them doing this was like, ooh, this is a cool take on it. And yeah, it's it's like it reminds me a lot of like House of Pain, Cypress Hill, like I won't say Mob D, but just like those cause those guys kind of have like more of a higher pitch rap style that I've enjoyed. And the message of this song too is like the crazy thing about this song too is how freaking influential it was. Cause essentially it was about like the youth being like, hey. Come back home, guys. Don't don't run away from your problems, you know, even if things are hard. And it actually did work. Reportedly, the song was pretty influential that a lot of runaway youths did end up coming <laughs> back home. Hence, hence another word of testament to how freaking influential Soteji and the boys were that a freaking song convinced kids to actually go back home. <laughs> Come back home. Straight up. And that's like the craziest thing about this song. But yeah, I really enjoyed this song a lot. Mainly because, though, I do love rap. And this gave me those vibes. And I'm just like, I think they did. I think Soteji in particular, you know, did want to do a legitimately. 
decent job at this. And I think he pulled it off for the most part. And the other guys, I think, you know, did their part too. And I think the the rap definitely, the, the um, pop rap, I guess you could say, because I don't know if it's technically legit. The minutia of details. I don't know if you could argue if it's technically good rap. But I think they did a pre- I think it's uh, an improvement from earlier attempts at rapping that they've done. Um, and I, I think it's a solid song, you know? I think it's good, and I'm glad this is one of their more well-liked songs off of their dis- off of their entire discography. And um, I also want to say another song I want to highlight off of this fourth album. I, I, I go back and forth whether I like this one or the first album more, but definitely I think they, he decided to go out. Soto G wanted to definitely go out with a bang for the group with this album, and I think they did a pretty good job. Regret of the Times, I think it's a fantastic song to check out too. Highly recommend y'all go listen to that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a solid album um i it's interesting though because it's like it's more rock elements and then the first album is definitely more like pop you know catchy hip-hop kind of like elements so i'm not quite sure which one i prefer frankly but i think they're both good in their own ways and it's like crazy because they're both mostly different styles besides obviously a standout like come back home in this album but you know I don't know. I, def- I definitely say if you go to listen to any of Sotachi stuff, definitely check out their first and their last album. It, it, it definitely, I think they're both probably some of the better, they're better made albums. But yeah. Um, so I guess um, final thoughts from Sammy and Ke- uh, from, I guess Sammy first, uh, whether yes or no, you would listen them to, you would listen to them again. And then anything else you want to say commentary about the group. I mean, generally, I'm not opposed to listening to more Soteji. I enjoy what I what I heard, especially their early stuff. I mean, like like most groups, it's a little hit and miss depending on the concept and the genre. I'm not the biggest fan of that genre to begin with. But again, they're good. I like them. So if you were to listen to them again, you'd probably go for more of their earlier stuff is what I'm getting yes. at. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Kayla, what about you, girl? So I generally, like, don't have much of a want to listen to, like, any of the 90s, like, early 2000s K-pop groups as a whole. <laughs> There's so, too much current K-pop, yeah. much less going <laughs> like, back we know, to the we past. Know my opinions on retro music generally, so it's, like, it's not really something I would no. willingly go back and listen Actively to. I seeking this out is not no. in the cards. I didn't know how rock-inspired they were initially, so I do like that. So, um, I wouldn't be opposed to, like, finding, like, more of their music that was that, but as a whole, I don't think I would, there's, like, their type of music is something I would seek out, like, on a regular basis or something. But I did enjoy it more than I was expecting to, though. So Interesting. Okay. That was good, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I like their stuff. Compared to other music acts I've listened to, I, I get why they're popular. I don't go, I, oftentimes it really depends on what kind of kick I'm in, whether I'll listen to Soteji or not, and the boys a lot. I mean, and again, I also really like Soteji's individual works. Like, I, I really do, especially Ultramania. That's, I love, that's a great album. Um, But yeah, I, if I am going to go back to Soteji, it's most likely going to be either the songs that we chose for this episode or either most likely probably the first or the fourth album depending if i'm in the mood for it but yeah i mean i think they're definitely one of the better 
you know, for being one of the first ones to really influence the music industry. I think they had, you know, first kind of was not as big of a discography as I thought they would have because some of their songs really only have like six full length songs and then the rest are just like remixes or edits for TV or whatnot. It's like kind of weird. But um, yeah, I think it's a pretty solid, you know, for for the time, for what they were doing, especially for what Sotechi was doing with this group. I think it's, you know, a pretty solid discography. And yeah, I, for me, I like listening to older music. So this is definitely one that, depending if I'm in the mood for it, I'll go back and listen to. But it really depends on what's going, what's going on in my life and what I, what I feel like listening to today. Because I do have kind of some varied music taste. But um, if, if you two are definitely aware of that. Like I, I branch out and listen to some weird crap. Like I, I've gotten, in, I've gone back a little bit into African pop Look, lately. We will, it's, it's a time. We will, we will just be looking at what everyone's listening to, and it's K-pop. K, the knee slappers will just, you'll see the knee slappers is like K-pop, 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 random thing in languages I don't know <laughs> that I don't speak. I feel it's, if anything, you're you're you guys focus more on like Japanese or Chinese music. Yeah, we got and you. Then, and then it's like me, and I'm Japanese. just listening to random crap. Yeah. I, it's like, oh, Maria's listening to Hillary Duff. She found her 2000s playlist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really depends on the mood. I have varied music taste, but I like talking about K-pop a lot because I think it's of all the music genres I listen to, it's definitely one of the most interesting ones to have discussions about and whatnot. But. I mean, and do you guys have any final thoughts in terms of Soto G and the boys, their music, what you think about them? Um, Soto G, great. The boys can go fuck themselves. <laughs> Generally. Yeah. Is anyone opposed to that statement? No. I, no. I mean, no. Exactly. So basically what I'm hearing is I need to eventually talk about Soteji's solo discography. Yes. Okay, I agree with that He statement. was the main star of that group. I agree with that. It is Soteji. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, hey, they're influential for a reason, even though individual members have made some choices horrifying in their lives. Mistakes. Horrifying Sometimes choices. Um, I'm not talking... For some reason, dancers there got into some fucked up shit don't know why but but yeah i mean the influence that these guys have is definitely nothing to gawk at you know it's crazy how much no. just one act could like totally change the pop culture and music pop music in general for one freaking country is insane and the foundation they laid is like it's crazy how much that has been so influential like at this point almost 30 years later you know, but yeah, so yeah, that's Sailtegy. They're definitely a group I'd say for people to at least check out. Maybe you might not feel some of the music choices that Sailtegy has made attempts with experimenting sounds, but you know what? I think it's definitely one of those groups that you should just at least try to listen to once just to be like, okay, so this is what they made attempts at in the beginning. Whether you like it or not, that's up to you, but yeah. So yeah, I think that's about roughly it for this episode i can't think of anything else to say except i hope i can continue this kind of series into the future don't know how frequent it will be but i want to <laughs> yeah but making making a return will be fun 
at some point in time. Yeah. Genuinely, none of our series go on for like more than no, like our, one episode every six months. No, we have several series. I feel like they most most of them have died. We've so. never done another fucking reality show past the genius. No, we did the genius, and that was it. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I definitely do. We, but I definitely do want to. Maybe it doesn't have to be strict, but I definitely do want to talk about some more influential groups and artists from back in the day, and have you guys come on and, you know, maybe see if you guys like them or not. You know, I I definitely want to continue with that. It just probably, especially now, I I don't foresee it being super frequent. But whenever I get the um influence to, but there's definitely one in particular I want to talk about next, and for sure. That we've mentioned quite a bit. Quite a bit of, but... <laughs> so. But yeah. But I definitely... If I do continue with future episodes, I don't think they're going to be as long as this episode. For the most part, depending on who we're talking about, though. But some of them yeah, might. Some of them might. we can go on. So depending on, you know, who, who I might feel like talking about. Some of them might be a little bit longer because there might be more information. Others, there might not be, but... And then it'll be more focused on the songs, but... Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's my birthday episode, I guess. Woo! <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. Woo! So yeah, that was another fantastic episode of the Knee Slap and K-Pop Podcast. Check us all out on wherever we are available we to Twitter listen to. And an yeah. Instagram. We have an Instagram. And um, our YouTube channel, if you're listening to us on podcasting sites. And if you're listening to us on YouTube, we are also on all major podcasting platforms. So, yay! Yay. You are so good at that, Kayla. I'm not. <laughs> Kayla's the only one that posts on the socials. She knows yeah. She knows what the fuck she's doing. That's good. I love it. All right. Well, All right. happy birthday happy again. Birthday. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, have, happy birthday to me, I guess. And uh, thanks, y'all, for listening. Um, catch you whenever I decide to show back up at some point hopefully sooner than later but I'm a, yeah I'm gonna you'll, say be, right you'll now, be back soon. i'll be back soon Kayla i know i'll be back I soon but yeah you will be back very soon but, uh, <laughs> but i'm gonna tell like you tomorrow right, <laughs> i'm gonna tell you right now i'm gonna bet it right now kayla and i we will be on next week's episode both of us both yes both of us will we be will on next we week's will episode. be both be on next week's episode exactly yeah we're both on next yep. week's episode but yeah um and speaking of next week episode, we will see you next time. See you next time, y'all. Bye. 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 Love you. XOXO Gossip Girl.